Welcome to another edition of Mark Talk. Happy Friday. It is Friday at the time of uh, you hearing this, that is, of course. Uh, maybe I recorded it on Friday. Maybe I didn't record it on Friday. Who knows? Well, I know. But do you? Doesn't matter. We have made it. We have made it to the second episode of the week. And it is Fanfic Friday. More on that later. How's your week? It's been good? It's been okay? Are you okay? Am I okay? I don't know. Are any of us really okay? I hope so. I hope we're okay. It's better to be okay. The it, it's, it's going to be okay, even if it's not. It's fine. But you didn't come here to hear me whine about whether or not it's okay or whine about how the rain is just never stopping. Oh my God. The rain just never stopped. All day on Wednesday. Torrential downpour. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I don't like it. I want no part of it. Never again. No more. I think we've got enough rain for the season. Uh, come back again in spring. Rain. Where you belong. But only when things are looking a wee bit too dry. Okay? All you West Coasters that have been getting some rain. That's crazy. But you guys need it. You need the rain. You're in a desert. Rain is good. There's a drought. Rain is good for you. But I get it. You're, you know, it's... you're not well equipped over there in, in California to deal with such heavy rain, you know, for long periods of time. I get it. We're not prepared for long periods of rain, evidently. Certainly people can't drive in it. And those of you that uh, have listened to me before, uh, I, I, my daily commute is basically all damn day. I just drive all day. So driving in the rain with other drivers that don't know how to drive in the rain, it's it, it's problematic. It's extremely problematic. And I just can't. Uh, I can't. But as I said, you did not come here to hear me bitch about that, even though you just did. No, we are going to talk about what dropped this week. The official still images from the last season of Game of Thrones. That's right, season eight of Game of Thrones. After two long years, it has finally nearly come. It's rapidly approaching. April is just around the corner. It's crazy how uh, the last bit of 2018 just sort of flew by and sort of crazy how we're not even in January of 2019 anymore. Like, what happened there? Nevertheless, I'm not complaining because that means in two short months, we get season eight. The bittersweet ending of the show, as we were promised. It's bittersweet because this is it. The ongoing series that we've all come to love and enjoy so much, it's going away. But here's the secret. It's not really going away because HBO has already greenlit a prequel series. We are getting a prequel series that's going to focus on uh, the Age of Heroes, which means this is a... Think of it like, how far back are we going? 
from the period of when Game of Thrones starts, uh, let's say thousands of years. I think it's uh, a couple thousand, actually. We're going to be seeing uh, probably... We're, we're, we're going to see The Long Night. You know, they keep talking about that in the show. And if you're a book reader, you know about The Long Night. About how the White Walkers first came down. And they, you know, the, the sun didn't seem to come up for, I believe, a whole year. Just no sun. It was The Long Night. And finally, they had to fight them. The, the 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 realms of men had to band together to fight the white walkers along with the children of the forest and there were many casualties the children very nearly all but perished we know that to be not entirely true but close but now we get to see what actually happened back then that's what this prequel show is going to focus on and that's exciting you know what else is exciting these images for season 8 and mostly they are, uh, they're just kind of portrait images, little pro, uh, uh, you know, character profiles of our main players. And that's fine. I liked it. I like the fact that they all, not one of them, look like, hey, everything's okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> no, they all look pretty dire. As in, nothing is fine. Nothing is okay. We don't know if it's going to be fine. I, uh, if I had to pet, bet money on it, I would say it's not going to be okay for most of our main players. Now, we could certainly speculate all day and night as to who we think is going to make it, who we think is not. I'm of the mind that if it's a character that's lasted uh, this long, for there's probably a reason maybe that reason isn't the reason we think it's going to be maybe we're going to lose one of our uh, mainstay players someone who is a continuous survivor maybe this time they're not so lucky maybe a continuous survivor is that lucky looking at you Sir Davos I do think Sir Davos is going to make it. You don't live to a ripe old age, as he says, and then just not make it to the very end of the show. I think old Davos is going to make it, mainly because I think he's going to stay out of the thick of it, so why wouldn't he make it then? But let's talk about these pictures. Like I said, they're mainly profile uh, of our profile images of our main characters, but there are two that really struck out to me. One of them is the image of Jamie Lannister. It looks like he made it to Winterfell. After, uh, you know, spoilers for the end of season seven. Three, two, one, spoilers. After leaving King's Landing, after Cersei basically threatened to kill him but didn't carry it out, he left. He said, fine, if you're not going to go to Winterfell, I'm going to go. Because I promised. He's going alone. All alone. He's got his gloved, or he's got his golden hand, his fake hand. He's got it all gloved up so nobody recognizes him. There are going to be people that recognize him, let's be honest. But he's going to Winterfell alone. And I was always under the impression that 
Should he make it there, you think they're just going to welcome him with open arms? Hey, thanks for showing up, Jamie. We sure could use your help, buddy. No. Jamie is not beloved in most places. Or really all places now, come to think of it. Especially not in Winterfell. You gotta remember, think back to season one. Jamie became the hostage of the Starks because the Starks went to war against the Lannisters mainly because of uh, because of Jamie's actions but not entirely his fault but the point is Jamie was uh, you know he, he's sort of a uh, a commodity and the Starks and the North, Remember, and what they're going to remember is uh, Jamie is the Kingslayer. Jamie has done some bad shit. Now we know, as the audience, we know his. We, we've seen him grow. We've seen him uh, develop his character. We know he's a changed guy compared to the one we saw in season one. But do you think the Starks care about that? Maybe John, because John has been out of the thick of it all. John didn't go to war with the Lannisters. John was busy uh, trying to figure things out up at the wall. John does not nearly have the bad relationship with Jamie as, say, Sansa might have. You know, he doesn't have the bad impression like Sansa might, or like Bran. Now that Bran's the Three-Eyed Raven, surely to God he knows what Jamie did to him. Jamie's the reason Bran can't walk anymore by pushing him out the window of the tower. Bran knows everything now. So that said, maybe it's Bran that comes out and says, you know what? Don't throw him in chains. Don't put him in the dungeons we need Jamie Jamie has atoned for his past transgressions look at him he's got one hand he's got no family now I think we should uh, you know we, we need all hands on deck pardon the pun all hands even if it's just one and then of course there's Tyrion Tyrion is always going to speak up for Jamie book Tyrion maybe not so much but we're, let's just discuss the show, one thing at a time. And in the picture of season eight that was released, we see Jamie wearing specific armor, not his Lannister armor. He left that behind. What he has on is sort of the, uh, the shoulder and breastplate that Rob Stark was known to wear. Or even uh, Sandor Clegane. Maybe the armor just looks similar because that's just the way it looks because it's armor. But it looks a lot like what Rob Stark wore at the end of season one. So it stands to reason that he gets that armor in Winterfell. Maybe that is the Winterfell armor. That's what they make. It's just really cool to see Jamie in a in an armor that isn't his usual uh, customized Lannister armor. 
It's really interesting to see that. It's 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 kind of cool. So that struck out to me. And then the other one is the picture of John and Daenerys side by side. But not only does it look like they are in the north, it looks like they're in a frozen wasteland with mountains behind them. Sort of like what we've seen when we see people beyond the wall. So does this mean that John is in fact going back again beyond the wall? Or what's left of the wall? Spoilers for season 7. The wall is still technically up. It's just got a real big hole in it over by Eastwatch. And then that just opens up another uh, can of worms of what happened to everybody at East... Did anybody make it out of Eastwatch? Did Tormund make it? Did Beric Dondarrion make it? Did they get lost in the avalanche when the wall was coming down? We don't know. We're going to find out, though. But that picture stuck out to me because it looks like they aren't really in Winterfell in that picture. It looks like they went back beyond the wall. And they haven't been beyond the wall since that Suicide Squad mission that John said, let's go grab a, a, a white and bring it back with us. That was not a smart move. Not a smart play. It worked. But at what cost? I'll tell you at what cost. It cost him a dragon. Because luckily, Danny got the raven in time and uh, sent her dragons to save John's dumb ass along with the rest of his A-team. But we lost Thoros of Mir. We lost, uh, you know, those other red shirt players that we didn't get to know their names. And then we lost Viserion, the dragon, who is now a White Walker dragon, ice dragon, whatever you want to call it. Spoilers for season seven. So it's interesting, that picture. It looks like they went beyond the wall again. I guess to survey the damage. Maybe they did go to Eastwatch to see what's up. And then maybe that's when they notice, oh, there's a great big hole. But if that's the case, if that's what they did, wouldn't they have seen the Army of the Dead moving forward onto Westeros? It's interesting. We don't know the answers yet. I am dying to know. You're dying to know if you've been following the show at all. Which, let's be honest, who isn't following the show? It's been two years. It's time to uh, it's time to see how this plays out. This is not going to be the last time we start speculating before the show airs. No, sir. I am going to keep on speculating. I'm waiting for that uh, official trailer to drop, and you can better you can best believe that I'm going to be talking about it. At nauseum. Maybe breaking down that trailer will be an entire episode. Who knows? I don't know if you want to hear me babble on that long about it, but... Eh, tough. I'm gonna. I've made the decision. It's gonna happen. What did you think of the uh, of the images? Did you see them? I'm assuming everyone saw them. We got images of uh, John by himself in Winterfell. We got one of Danny. We got one of Sansa and Arya. And there's somebody standing behind Arya with long hair. And I can't 
exactly make out who that is. Maybe it's no one. Maybe it's just uh, just another uh, lord or soldier from the north. I don't know. And then we got one of old Queen Cersei, of course. Scheming, plotting. And then we got one of Tyrion. With his hand of the queen pendant on his chest. And he's in Winterfell. He's back in Winterfell. He hasn't been to Winterfell since season one. And he uh, doesn't look happy either. There's a, there's a look on his face. I don't know that he's quite on board with the whole John and Danny thing. Maybe he has a reason for that. Or maybe he just doesn't. It's going to be interesting to find out. I am very excited. I know you're excited. And I'm excited that you're excited. We're going to break it all down very, very shortly. And we will discuss it more. Here on Mark Talk. to Mark Talk, and as promised, it is Fanfic Friday. This is a new segment I'm going to try in which I present to you a character that I've created out of fanfiction. Basically, whatever realm of nerddom I feel like busting out uh, that's, uh, that I'm sh- that it's going to have a character tied to it, I will present it for your listening pleasure, enjoyment, or your listening uh, displeasure. I don't know. I don't care. But I'm going to bring it to you. And so in light of uh, the events of this week and the uh, earlier segment when I discussed the Season 8 of Game of Thrones still images that have come out, I now will present to you a character from the world of A Song of Ice and Fire. Or for you show watchers, Game of Thrones. And this character is Marcus of House Baratheon. Marcus is a son of a Baratheon lord and he is the son of a Martell princess. Now, if you want to know where he falls in line as far as family tree goes, think of him as kind of a cousin to Robert, Stannis, and Renly Baratheon. He was born in the Stormlands, and he was fostered in Starfall of Dorne. Like all Baratheons, he has the black hair and the black beard, though his beard is slightly lightened by the sun a bit for all of his time spent in Dorne. It gets unusually hot in Dorne. Unlike the Baratheons, who have a history of using a warhammer as their weapon of choice, Marcus's weapon of choice is a sword staff with a curved blade, very similar to something you might see the Dornish people use as their weapons. 
Now this Baratheon has his own sigil. Instead of the black stag on a golden field, as is traditionally the Baratheon sigil, his sigil is a red stag within a black sun on a golden field. Now I'm going to tell you a little bit about Marcus. He was raised at Storm's End with his father, and his father was a brother to Lord Ormond Baratheon. For the first several years of his life, Marcus believed he was a bastard, and despite his father's assurance that he was a Baratheon, Marcus assumed that his actual surname was Storm, as all all bastards in the Stormlands are typically named. Shortly after Marcus had his eighth name day, his father died of an illness. And it was then that Marcus was sent to be fostered in Dorne. Because what else were the Baratheons going to do with him? And he didn't understand why Dorne, of all places, why would he be sent to Dorne? Nevertheless, he was sent there, and he would arrive at Starfall, and he would become a ward alongside members of House Dane. Starfall being the home to House Dane. Not long after his arrival in Dorne, he would visit Sunspear, the capital. And it was there that he learned the truth from many people. His father had journeyed to Dorne after the birth of his nephew Stefan Baratheon to be fostered by House Martell. Basically, Marcus's father was sent to Dorne because the Baratheons didn't have a very good relationship with Dorne at the time. And they figured, well, there's enough Baratheon lords and little lordlings here. Why not send one to Dorne, where we're not very prominent? And if that doesn't go well, then no big loss. But while his father was there, he met a Dornish woman a warrior woman. And at first glance, he assumed she was either a female sellsword, wouldn't have been too uncommon in Dorne, as women are very prominent as warriors and people in a possession of power, a position of power. Or he thought she was just a whore who was well-armed. Either way, she was fierce. And he fell madly in love with her. As it turned out, she was one of several Martell daughters. The two had a love affair before his departure back to Storm's End, after many years. Not long after he came back home, he received a raven from that same woman. She stated that he was that she was carrying his child. So immediately he returned to Dorne. And he decided, let's get married. We can make this legitimate. He didn't want to father a bastard. Not that it would have been a problem in Dorne. But he thought, no, let's just make this legitimate. Because she was a warrior, and she always kept her tactically adorned, she kept herself tactically adorned, No one seemed to really notice her pregnancy until she was much further along. 
and during this time, it was already established that she and the Baratheon Lord had gotten married. They would stay together in Sunspear until she was ready to deliver her child. And unfortunately, as does happen in the world of Westeros, there were complications during her childbirth, and unfortunately the Martell princess lost her life in the process. It should be noted also that Baratheons tend to be very tall men. Marcus Baratheon is not very tall, and this is due to because mainly because he was born prematurely. The complications in his mother's delivery would further exercise that theory. He's not a dwarf, but he's not very tall. Not as tall as the Baratheons tend to be. He's of average height, if you want to put it into more perspective. And this was the truth that Marcus was finally told and finally accepted. Not only that, he accepted himself not as a Storm, but as a Baratheon, just as his father had always told him. But this time, he decided that even though he would accept himself as a Baratheon, he embraced an allegiance to House Martell. At Starfall, he was taught how to use all manner of weaponry, including swordplay, poisons, whips, and spears. As I said, he doesn't use the traditional warhammer of the Baratheon Seed. He uses a sword staff. And on the hilt of the sword staff is a red stag. He uses this red stag to emphasize that he is his own Baratheon. Though he might share the name, he does not share their desires. He does not share their home either. Shortly after that, he began to gain a reputation of being extremely hot-tempered, and very, very seldom did he ever lose a fight. Well, you might say he never lost a fight, for if he did, he'd be dead. But mostly short-tempered, and thus they gave him the name The Red Fury. And that is Marcus Baratheon. There are plenty of adventures that Marcus could go on, and maybe one day we'll tell those stories. But for now, I wanted to give you an introduction to who this guy I've created is. And I know, I know what you're going to say, I named him Marcus, and that's a bit uh, uh, self-serving. I get it. But if you think about it, in the world of Westeros, and the Baratheons and how they name their kids. Marcus isn't that out of for the ordinary. So that's just a taste of Fanfic Friday, of what we're going to be going through. Maybe not every Friday, but I want to at least do one Friday of the month where I bust out a fanfiction character and tell you a little bit about him. This is probably not the last time you'll hear about Marcus Baratheon. So I figured a little introduction might be might be uh, worth your listen. And that's what we got today. And that is, the, well, that's, uh, 
fumbling my words. That'll do it for the show. So, a little, uh, couple things. Not only can you hear this on Anchor, but you can now hear it on all platforms. You can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. Look up Mark Talk. I am there. So do me a favor. Go and like. Go and uh, share it. Go and rate. Go and review. Give me a give me a star rating, if you will, on any one of those other devices. If you're here on Anchor, feel free to you know react. Be involved. Do whatever you got to do. If you if you like what you're hearing, if you want me to hear, if you want me to do more, if you want to suggest some things to me, please hit me up. You can find me on Twitter at Mark the Bat. That is at Mark the Bat. You can find me there. You can find me on Instagram. Hit me up. Let me know how you feel about the show. I've already uh, gotten some feedback from the previous episode, and I love it. Thank you all so much. And I am so happy that you're listening. Thank you for taking this journey with me. So let's keep the journey going, shall we? Cannot wait to talk to you guys again. I'm sure there will be a lot to discuss in the immediate future. But this is Mark signing off. Good talk. <laughs>